Wilson, like a cork in the ocean over his head. Marking contest over the top, Subic's great grab. Across the ground, bam, in comes Donny Wurzlow. Got it out to a oh. kick, kick smothered, check, Hunter. Who would have thought the sequel would be just as good as the original? Kicks inside 50, McGovern, McGovern, what a player. Shake needs to be in perfect the premiers of 1992. The 1994 premiers. Premiers. The 2018 AFL Premiership team. The West Coast Eagles. G'day everyone. Welcome to the West Coast Eagles Big Footy Podcast. With I'm your host, Honey Badger 35 and I am joined this week by Mr. KK. How are you? Yeah, it's uh, good to be back, and we've finally got some concrete footy-related news to talk about, so it's an exciting time. There's been a lot of to and fro and back and forth, things up in the air, and uh, the media definitely seems to be running out of content. If I have to see one more redraft, or what if this logo was an NBA logo article, I think I'm probably going to scream, so... Nice to have footy back. We will get into it very shortly. Uh, just as always up top, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can do so through Big Footy. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WCEBFPod. And also we'd really appreciate any iTunes reviews, ratings, telling a mate, anything like that. It all helps get the show out there in what will hopefully be the, the real 2020 season. Let's get things underway first by talking about the hubs situation. Now, KK, there was, as I said, a lot of to and fro and arguing about how they could get the AFL season back underway following all of the uh, the enforced hiatus. Now, they've been talking about hubs. They've landed on a hub in the Gold Coast as it relates to the Eagles. But firstly, before we even get that far, what's your view on the concept of fly-in, fly-out football as it relates to the WA government, I suppose, saying... No, we're not going to have that. You have to quarantine for 14 days. A lot of the other states have ticked it off to be able to fly in and fly out same day, skipping the quarantine. So, KK, what's your view? Should the WA government perhaps have done more to accommodate footy in the state? Not specifically for footy. I think there's probably um, scope for sort of fly and fly out arrangements for work and these professional footballers. So if the AFL schedules a match in Perth, then these players need to travel to Perth to, to work. So I think in general, they, they've probably, I think there's definitely scope for a bit more travel to be opened up. Um, but given the the stance they've put down, I don't think it's right to, to break that just for footy. Like rightly or wrongly, they've, they've made their decision. And I think, I think it's fair the, the, to draw the line with that. And, We've had to work around it, and I think we've done a pretty good job of making the the, the best of the situation. Yeah, so a lot of the AFL policy has been dictated by the states, the individual state governments and their individual policies. Uh, Victoria, very, very happy to get football underway, which is obviously understandable given the, the number of teams, and it has led to a bit of a discussion about Vic Bias uh, throughout this break, which I think maybe we'll save for another show because we could probably do a whole episode on it, but... Given that, yes, the government are sort of calling the shots and the AFL having to follow suit here, KK, we've wound up selecting Gold Coast as the location of the hub. 
Uh, I heard some talk about potentially the Northern Territory. There are a few jokes flying around about our record at Adelaide Oval as well. But all in all, the Eagles and indeed the Dockers, the Crows and the Power will find their way up to the Gold Coast. What's your view on the selection of the Queensland location for the hub? Yeah, given the situation we're in, I think it was the best outcome that uh, I can see the clubs working together. Us and the SA clubs were in the same boat, that they that they they had the quarantine restrictions, so they needed to hub somewhere. And you really don't want to sit down for a month in Victoria and give all those Victorian teams that the leg up like that. Queensland's much more suited, um, much closer to a home climate, uh, we can get up there. We've got some great facilities in terms of the, the accommodation and also the, the training and, and leisure facilities for the guys up there for what's going to be – could feel like a pretty long month at times. And I think, yeah, the club's really done done a great job in setting us up the best way we could given the restrictions we had. That seems to be the theme throughout all of it is, you know, making the best of the situation. There are a few instances where people have suggested this might even be a positive, uh, obviously from a team Bonding perspective, that's a, a very unique experience. The Eagles will get to finally go a few weeks without travelling in season, which will be really interesting to see how they go with that. We haven't historically had the best record in terms of our GABA performances or indeed our Metricon performances of late, but how much of that is familiarity with the ground and if you can get up there, spend a month there, get familiar with the setting, uh, maybe that'll be a bit of a benefit. KK, do you think there is a scope that they can take this hub and turn it into a bit of a positive, or is it still we're all just making the best of an unfortunate situation? Oh, you've got to have the attitude of making the best of it, and I think all the noise out of the club has been that they, they're not sort of getting down on their luck about all this. They, they've said, oh, we want to play and we'll do whatever we need to, and I think it's good to have that, that attitude filtering through. Not too concerned about our Brisbane record. We, we seem to have often play Brisbane, particularly the start or end of the season, and um, the conditions there can be a bit unique, whereas playing in the middle of June um, should be a bit more uh, amenable to, to our style of play. And, yeah, we can make it a positive. We've got to get there, and particularly for the Richmond game, it's it, we've had a, a month there by that stage, and we've played a few games on that ground, so we, we should sort of have some familiarity with that. And, yeah, it's, again, it's a positive attitude and, and make a positive of it if you're going to sit and moan about things, then bad things will probably happen. And thankfully, the club's not taking that attitude. Certainly not taking the attitude, being down on their luck or, or you know, being too upset about things. They have asked for some assistance, which I think is reasonable given the situation. Firstly, they had to really scrap to get families into the hub, which I think is just uh, necessary. You have to give the players the option of having their families there if they're going to be there for, well, at least a month, but who's to say? It could be more. Uh, but also some more assistance with regards to staff and the number of staff that have access to the playing group, both in Perth and on the Gold Coast. The AFL have instituted a policy where only 25 staff members may have direct contact with the playing group, which is reasonable in terms of, uh, as it relates to sort of a health perspective and trying to minimise the number of people in direct contact with each other from a COVID point of view. But KK, as it relates to the Eagles and indeed all of the clubs that will now be hubbing in the Gold Coast, it seems that they're all going to present a bit of a unified front here and go after more staff. Do you think the AFL are going to be inclined to grant that request? I think they will. I think it's a bad look if if they don't. We are in a unique situation. You need you do need to respect that these clubs are making sacrifices to get the season underway. And I don't know how much power they had to stick to their guns and say 
until the borders are open, we're not going to play. That's probably not too much, but it, it's good to see these clubs working together because um, if we ever sort of going to push back against the, the Vic bias, we need the interstate clubs pulling in the same direction. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. Also, I suspect some of those regulations about staff numbers are, are in line with the financial cuts they've forced each club to make mm. to, to deal with the financial impact of COVID-19 and and that's kind of rubbish. If we can afford staff, we shouldn't have to cut our operations down to a level to match the lowest common denominator when we're now going to, for the benefit of the competition as a whole, put ourselves into a situation where we're going to have operations on two sides of the country and we need that staff. So, yeah, it, it should be a no-brainer to, to grant that. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out on the hub. Uh, I think, as we touched on, the, the fact that the Eagles are at Metricon for such a long stretch of time, obviously we do play Brisbane at the Gabba as well, which we'll get into shortly going through that first lot of fixtures. But I think there is a chance that they can make Metricon something of a home stadium. Obviously, atmosphere-wise, uh, there'll be nothing of the sort. There's talk that the Gold Coast uh, Suns are going to try and implement some sort of artificial atmosphere. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see <laughs> what happens in terms of the Eagles making that a sort of a home away from home, which is actually a concept, KK, that we've seen the club apply quite successfully in the past, talking about Adelaide Oval uh, and 2018, obviously our strength at the MCG as well. They've managed to embed themselves in grounds around the country and maybe Metricon, the next one on the list. Of course, hand-in-hand hand with the hubs will be the games to be played in those hubs, and we do have the first four weeks of the fixture out. Well, the next four weeks. We can't discount the round one fixtures that have already been played, although I suspect that's going to get fairly confusing uh, throughout this next segment, KK. So forgive me if I accidentally call round two, round one, and round three, round two, and so on. Uh, but we'll get into it. So first up, we play the Gold Coast Suns at Metricon Saturday night. Uh, it's... Perhaps not a powerhouse clash, not something we would have circled on the calendar going in. But we were originally set to play the Gold Coast on the Gold Coast. So as it related to the original 22-game fixture, we've lost nothing there. Good chance to get things underway, hopefully with a big win. Yeah, it's it's a great opponent first up for us. It, we, we're almost playing round one again, aren't we, in terms of the, the preparation. You just never know what you could, you're going to get and how people are travelling and I like having Gold Coast first up. Should be a win. It uh, doesn't need to be a big win. I think we just want to get out of this hub with uh, as many wins as we can and, and sort of worry about percentage and that later on. Um, but I'm glad it's Gold Coast and not Brisbane first up. I'm, I'm happy the way the fixtures are broken for us. Yeah, as you touched on earlier, we seem to play Brisbane first or second a lot and sort of doing that again this year with, with the very long break between round one and two. So we do move on to round three, which is our game against Brisbane at the Gabba Saturday night. Now, this is actually a massive game given the latter last season, given what Brisbane did to us in round one at the Gabba last season as well. Uh, like you touched on, the, the venue can be a little bit different depending on the weather and the seasons in, in Queensland. Uh, can be quite a drastic change, but we've seen the club go sort of one win, one loss, one win, not the best at the Gabba against Brisbane, even when they're at a lower ebb. So this is a huge game for the season, for the ladder standing, and also to really get our Queensland hub experience underway for real. What's your take on that Brisbane game? 
the lack of crowd will help us. I think Brisbane, are, they get quite an atmosphere up there, and I think that's scuppered us a few times in our losses up there. I'm not sure who they're playing in round two, but um, so they're coming off two home losses to finish 2018, uh, 2019, and a loss in round one of 2020. So they could be under the pump a bit. And I think we can we can hopefully capitalise on that, particularly if we're coming off a solid hit out against the Gold Coast. We're not travelling apart from a, an hour down the road, so that will help us. And yeah, I'm, I'd be pretty bullish going into that that game, depending on how teams pull up after round two. They play Frio uh, the week before, same day as us. That's another component of this fixture that I do really like: is that there's a lot of very good breaks between games. We play Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. And then a Thursday, of course. But yeah, Brisbane will be coming off the same break. Very minimal travel, obviously, for both clubs. But yeah, they're probably going to chalk up a win in round two, I would suggest. Moving along to round four, another game back at Metricon. Now, these first three games that we've discussed have been classified as away games. So interestingly, we play Port Adelaide away at Metricon uh, Saturday, like I just said. But it's going to be a morning game, this one. It's a, a fixture that we were going to play both home and away. We were already set to play Port at both venues uh, in the regular 22-game fixture, the original fixture. So nothing lost, nothing gained there, but it's uh, a club that we've had quite a lot of success against in recent seasons. How do you think we're going to go against Port, uh, given that you know early morning start, not something that the Eagles have loved historically, and then still sort of getting used to that Metricon surface in round four? Oh, geez, you just, uh, you just don't know. On paper, we're the better team. A lot of people have pumping Port up this year, but I'll remain to be convinced that there's, there's been a bit of that over the last few years with with Port and they've flattered to deceive. They had a good win first up, but it was only against Gold Coast. Yeah, so we, we've got no fear of playing them away from Optus and and we'll be well settled in the Gold Coast up there. So I think we'll do, do the predictions closer to the, the game, but on, on paper I'd say we, we're the better team going in and, yeah, I'm not, not flattered by Port at this stage. Now, that takes us from round four to round five. This is the big one in terms of the the season and the ladder, the implications for it, but also it's where the real talking point begins as the AFL have fixtured this first round of hubbed games. The Eagles play Richmond on a Thursday night, uh, 5.40 p.m. Western time, so it's the Thursday night blockbuster, Richmond at Metricon. It is classified as an Eagles home game, so we're losing a game there, and also... We are not playing all of the teams in the hub in Queensland. So all the teams that are up in Queensland, we're not playing all of them before we start getting to the external opponents. Richmond will be travelling up from Victoria on game day, which is another wrinkle to it, given their lack of travel anyway. But now travelling on game day, I suspect, is a whole new experience for the AFL. KK, there's a lot to break down in this round five clash with the Tigers. Where do you want to begin? Yeah, we can talk. We can start with the fixture. And you're not too happy about it you, you could take the attitude that if we we're only going to play Richmond once this year would you prefer to play the Metricon or the MCG you, you would say Metricon but given we only played them once last year you'd be hoping that we would get that home game and we've been given the um, inverted commas home game this year and yeah and I'm not not too thrilled about it on the plus side they're traveling and, and we're not um, we, we should be well well settled into to being up there and hopefully we're not sort of going getting a bit of cabin fever from being away from home that much by then. And I think they do have to travel up on 
the day of the game. I think that's the AFL's FIFO protocols at the moment. That's that's something I don't think any team's got any experience with. So that, that should work in our favour as well. And it, it's far and away. It's the biggest game that we're going to have up there for sure. They are the they are the premiers. They they probably start the season as as the best team. And if we can take take that scalp, then that is a that's a huge thing going later in the year. But I'm not really happy to have to play them up there. I'd rather, if they're going to send a Victorian team up there, send, I don't know, Carlton or someone up there instead. Anyone. Anyone else. Anyone, um, yeah. So as it relates to that original 22-game fixture, like I touched on, we were already playing the Gold Coast away. We were already playing Brisbane away, so there's no issue there. Port Adelaide, we were playing both home and away. And similarly, Richmond, we were set to play twice as well. Like you said, we obviously only played them once last year at the G, playing them once this year now at, quote-unquote, home at Metricon. I do think we can make something of Metricon. Um, I set it up top, and we've been discussing it throughout. I think it's not the worst opportunity here. But like you've said, you'd much rather play them at Optus. Uh, just going on the general sentiment, reading Facebook comments and Twitter comments for whatever that's worth, which is less than nothing, but here we go. A lot of the Richmond fans do seem to be happy that they're playing the Eagles at Metricon versus Optus, uh, but just sort of confusion on my part here because I don't understand why they wouldn't exhaust the hub options first before opening things up. I know there's a difficulty in making a fixture and making sure it's fair. Again, not that the AFL's ever really bothered with that, but I just don't see why we wouldn't play all of the Queensland-based teams first and then perhaps the borders open up and you can go back to a more expansive fixture. It just seems like a little bit of an odd decision for me. Uh, but with that said, look, like you touched on, their huge game, massive implications early on in the season. Now, if the Eagles come out of the hub at 4... Well, 5-0, and I suppose... If they go undefeated in the hub and then the borders open up, for, for, you know, you're able to suddenly fly in and fly out of WA to play some footy, we are sitting absolutely pretty with that. So tell me what you think is going to happen after this first four-month, uh, four-week period. Do you think there's a chance that we can see some footy back in WA after this or do you think this is lot one of several lots of fixtures in a hub? I'll be surprised if the border situation hasn't changed by that time. The the trade winds are, are blowing that way and then things are moving really quickly. I think we've seen most states in the last few weeks sort of have their their stages and I think in pretty much all cases they've either brought things forward or they've um, increased the, the relaxation of, of certain restrictions. So And there's going to be a lot of pressure on the states that are still having border closures to to change and not just from a footy point of view, just from a general um, business and, and leisure travel point of view. So I, I think by the time we get out of the hub, I don't think we'll be going into a second hub. Yeah, it's a tough one because obviously the government's job is to protect the citizens of their state. Uh, that's what they care about more than some football interests. But footy is a massive, massive industry in the state, in the country, and it's one of the rare things that unifies uh, everybody is a love of sport in one form or another. And I found it interesting that Mark McGowan took a couple of pot shots at the VIX uh, and specifically as it relates to the AFL. I think most people loved that, uh, myself definitely included. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Made it sort of his uh, his main point for, for a week was to sort of take shots at the VIX, which is always appreciated. But 
if the Eagles win a bunch of games and if Frio win two or three games in the hub and suddenly both WA clubs are looking good and now you tell us we can't come back to footy, I think the tide of public opinion will turn fairly quickly for that. And then that's, of course, before you add in all the personal interests, the business interests and the things that are ultimately a lot more important than football. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm optimistic that we'll spend four weeks in Queensland and be done with it. We, of course, won't have to go back to play the Gold Coast or Brisbane just for the fixture anyway. Of course, you're only playing every side once. So uh, it's a bit tough. It's a bit wait and see, but I am optimistic that they'll hopefully only spend the one month in the hub. While we're talking about the fixturing, what do you make of this rolling four-week window of fixtures? For the first one, I absolutely understand it. It's definitely enforced. Do you think we'll get to the point at the end of the season where people might say, oh, well, how come you gave this team... You know, let's say the Eagles are undefeated and suddenly our next month we play the next four teams on the ladder. Do you think you're going to get accusations of trying to manipulate it, trying to balance out the ladder a little bit and picking and choosing when teams play each other? Oh, I'm not sure they're that competent to be able to <laughs> to work a, work a fixture just to particularly upset um, certain teams. I, I suspect they, they, they've got a fixture for the whole season done up. Um, as a preferred option, and it, it's really just relying on the remaining restrictions around the country to be to be removed, and then they, they can go ahead with that. I don't I don't think they've got only say the first eight rounds sorted, and then the rest is going to be open to their interpretation. I think they'll probably know who's playing who in each round in their preferred scenario, and then they'll just tweak time slots if they want to have better games in the, the Thursday and Friday night time slots. I think the, probably the thing that we will see, and they, they've already done that with the first few rounds of fixes, that is that without caring about crowds, it's all going to be games sorted for TV audiences. So we're going to have mm. Sunday 6 o'clock games. I expect we're going to have a Thursday night game every single round as well. Yeah, 100%. I think that's spot on. Uh, they obviously loved Thursday footy over the last few seasons anyway, but I definitely think you're going to get that full Thursday to Sunday and they're going to do it all for TV, like you've said. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not suggesting they are going to try and rig it effectively, I suppose is the simplest way to put it, but I can just see a situation as they drip feed the fixture where fans of one team might be interested as to why an opposition team, you know, oh, they've underperformed against expectation, but now they play the Gold Coast and Fremantle and, whoever else, bang, bang, bang in a row, oh, isn't that convenient? You know, you, you leave yourself open to this stuff, but it's all very unprecedented times, and I agree with you. I, I would hope that they've got a full fixture worked out and effectively locked away, and they're just trying to figure out when they can announce it and when everything's confirmed. Before we move off the fixtures and, and the concept of, of the season in its new abridged format, we talked about it before round one, but obviously things got paused very quickly. KK, do you think at the end of all of this, if the season is completed, no no further interruptions from here on in, every club plays each other once, full finals and a grand final, it's all done, it's all great, locked away, somebody wins. Will we look back and put an asterisk on this season or do you think everybody's going to just sort of get on with it and go, yep, challenging times, they did their best and that team was still the best team in footy? Yeah, I'm not prepared to crown whoever wins this season as as the best team, uh, particularly if it's us because we or one of the other hub teams because we've done it the hard way. Uh, but but he, even given that, I'll, I'll, I'll respect whoever does it. Everyone's played everyone once. That You can get some anomalies in that in terms of you have all the hard teams away and all the, the easy teams that, 
at home that sort of screw your record a bit. But no, it, it's a full season. It's, it's always going to have an asterisk. Everyone's always going to remember us. Twenty twenty is that that weird season where we had seventeen rounds and short games and the grand final. Who knows when or where that's going to be played? So we'll have an asterisk anyway. But I'm prepared to sit here at the end of the season and if we're not premiers, say that no, we weren't the best team and move on. Moving on to a little bit of miscellaneous news, I suppose, is the only way to term it. We've had a large enforced break. There's obviously been a lot of developments in that time. Uh, KK, I thought we'd go through a couple of the big stories that have affected the Eagles throughout the break. First one, a little bit of a positive one, and it will affect all teams, or certainly most teams, um, but that's the injury front. If you look at our round one injury report... You'll see a lot of tests, uh, but then you've got Tom Cole, five to six weeks, Jared Cameron, five to six weeks, uh, and obviously Bailey Williams was a test. He missed the game. Uh, Jack Darling was a test. He played. So we had a couple of guys that were trying to get up for round one, but unlikely. We had a couple of guys that were going to miss one to two months. Everybody, as far as we can tell, is now healthy. You're hearing a few reports today of a particular player from a particular club pulling up sore at training, but by and large... You've got a clean slate, and there's a chance that this is the healthiest start to a season in recent years. So what do we make of that? We've been lucky. We, we had no um, season-ending ending injuries to to start with. I think Venable's the only one that had the line through him. And, yeah, sometimes um, you're the pitch and sometimes you're the statue, and it's been a nice little break, and, and those guys that weren't available in round one suddenly are available. And let's just cross fingers we get through the, the next few training sessions. And again, you go back to the maturity of our club, I think you'd have tremendous trust in our our players to have been doing what they needed to be doing through this break to be in the best shape possible to come back. And that in itself can re- reduce your risk of injury. And, and those guys that were in a rehab situation for round one, you can trust that they've done everything they needed to do. And, yeah, we've got pretty much a full list, full list to choose from. Bring it on. On that, we've heard a couple of reports of players coming out of isolation training, I I suppose, and and getting into this group session that's gotten underway this week. We've heard reports of uh, Jeremy McGovern coming back looking particularly trim. Tom Barras has obviously spent a large portion of the off-season rehabbing and getting back into footy. Uh, He, you know, nursed foot injuries and back injuries over the last few years, so maybe the break will do him well. Of course, Nick Natanui, any break will always be appreciated for him. So you are getting reports now of players coming back looking good. I suggest that'll be a theme from most clubs in the league. You'll probably get a lot of those stories. Whether they're puff pieces, how much of them are true, remains to be seen. But yeah, it is pretty exciting to be getting things underway with largely a clean bill of health. So very exciting for round two against the Gold Coast on that front. Uh, Less exciting and quite disappointing, I suppose, from a development point of view, Similarly, it will affect all clubs the same, but the Eagles have been forced to re- uh, withdraw their waffle side from the upcoming waffle season. Now, we only got one season under our belt before having to pull out of the comp and, and presumably re-entering next season or when possible. It's going to affect everybody equally, but AFL-listed players are no longer allowed to play a second-tier competition. KK, how difficult is that going to make it for guys trying to break into a side and you're not getting the opportunity as a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old to play some good footy and dislodge somebody on the fringe? What is that going to do for team selection throughout the year? It's going to be incredibly difficult, isn't it? And, then, and with the shortened games, just on the law of averages, you're going to have fewer players miss their injury. Um, 
shorter time for players to get suspended. Uh, some of the more senior players will be playing less footy in total, so won't need to be as rested as often. So it's going to be really tricky. I I would hope in the name of competition equity that the AFL doesn't allow uh, Victorian clubs to sort of play scratch matches between each other for their, their non-selected players because we haven't got the opportunity to do that. Won't hold my breath on that one. I was going to say, and, do you think that's likely to happen though? Oh, I'm, I'm certain it won't happen. They'll, they'll say, oh, you can just play Fremantle every week. That yeah, Sorry, you've only got six fit players on each side that deal with it. Yeah, uh, But, yeah, look, it, it's going to affect all clubs, well, outside of that option, I suppose, of, of Victorian sides playing against each other. And maybe maybe our guys will get tired of playing scratches against Freo. I'm not too sure how they're going to best manage it. Uh, certainly while they're in the hubs, that's going to be a massive challenge. But it's a necessary evil. I get why they've made the step that they've made. This could have significant impact on the development of a lot of these guys. You miss effectively a year of footy through an injury. Well, that, that impacts your development a lot. Well, what about if you're just sitting healthy on the sideline running drills and it's almost a year between games for you? I, I think we're going to see uh, yeah, a significant reduction in, in young guys getting a crack throughout the season this season. It puts an interesting amount of pressure on you fringe players who are sort of a known quantity, guys like, let's say, Will Schofield, for example, um, Archie, who played in round one. These are the guys that you you know you can probably just plug them in and get a certain return out of. I think this might be the year of the veteran fringe player, KK. Yeah, I'm also wondering what it will mean come draft time, that, that you're going to have guys like from our 2018 draft class who, if they haven't, re- haven't re-signed, will be coming out of contract and they've got like very limited opportunity to prove themselves this season. Same token, the the junior football is going to be impacted. I wonder if you you might see a lot of clubs come to the end of the season um, redrafting players that are, are already on on their list because they're they're a known quantity and they haven't really had a chance. And yeah, maybe it's a safer bet than a seventeen year old kid that you're going to take in round three who's hasn't had the opportunity to play football this year either. We will. Get to the draft, and I think the draft is obviously very much up in the air. They've said that they're going to have one, but how it looks and how things relate to you know trading picks or if it's a shortened draft, you've got a whole season of, like you said, junior footy that hasn't happened here. This could also be a fantastic year to have a draft bargain. You know, you get a third-round pick, and it's a kid that isn't too highly rated as of today, but maybe he develops whilst everybody else stands still because there's not so much footy going on. And, you know, you might have a guy that's sort of... Yeah, he, he's rated as the 20th best kid now, but in another world he would have had the best season ever and flown up to number five. But you, you might snag him at 20 now because of you know he hasn't had a chance to prove himself. So there is plenty at stake from a young development point of view for not only the listed guys, but like you say, the, the incoming draft class. Definitely something to watch and obviously something we'll get more of a picture of as the season goes along. Lastly today, I thought we'd touch on the membership and this was a big story that's dominated this gap for all clubs and for the AFL. Uh, Like you mentioned earlier, they've been forced to cut staff. There's a lot of clubs that are having difficulties paying staff, paying players, and membership revenue is a massive, massive part of a club's total income. So, KK, the Eagles have come out with their plan. Uh, There's four options. You can pledge a portion or all of your membership for 2020. Um, You can have part of that pledge roll over to 2021. You can take a full credit for 2021. 
Uh, you can pause your membership, which keeps your consecutive tenure of membership going, and then you can sort of jump back in next year uh, if you're able to. And, of course, you can cancel your membership. Now, I really like that the automatic option is a credit for 2021. It's like, hey, you've paid this year. We didn't give you any product, so we're just going to give you that product next year for free, effectively, for the money you've already put down. How do you think the Eagles handled this? Is there a way you would have liked to see them handle it better or differently? And compared to some of the other clubs that we've seen coming out, where do you put the Eagles' response to all of this membership challenge? The club's done a really fantastic job, as far as I'm concerned. The Amongst those four options, and say within the pledge option, you've got more options in there as well. So there's really an option to suit everyone and everyone's circumstances. That communication general has been pretty good. I've had a heap of um, membership emails from the CEO or the, the chairman throughout this, and that's really difficult to do for an organisation when you're, you've got precious little concrete news you're able to, to provide in each of those updates. So I think they've done a, a really bang-up job. We were, I think, one of the first clubs to officially sort of give out our, our membership options, so we didn't have the benefit of seeing what other clubs have done, and I'm I'm still thinking ours is probably the best option. It's simple, easy to understand. We've we've got a default option because we have to have one, but there's no pushing of one option over the other. I think that's that's really important to understand. There'd be a lot of members that are in a far worse financial situation than they were when they paid their membership, and our memberships aren't cheap for the the full seated memberships. And if you need that money for other things other than a West Coast Eagles membership right now, then Take the, the pause option, keep your membership tenure, you can come back next year. You're still listed as a member, so you are supporting the club in some way. That adds one to the membership total when the club is trying to sell that to sponsors or the league's trying to sell that to their television partners. You're still supporting the club. And I think the chairman's email even said that, that um, that, that the, the pause option, you are still supporting the club, so don't feel any guilt if you need to take that money back. But absolute um, A-plus, I reckon, the way the club's handled it. It's not always something that they do well or perhaps are seen to do well. The, the club does get some criticism, rightly or wrongly, for you know maybe not acknowledging the members enough or obviously the financially the Eagles are in such a strong position if in a regular season, ignoring all of this COVID business, but in a regular season, if, for example, I cancel my membership – that doesn't affect the Eagles at all, really. There's thousands of people waiting to get that very membership. Um, they've, they've got the wait list. They've got a demand for it. They're in a strong financial position. So it's not something that we often think about praising the Eagles for is their handling of all this sort of stuff. But I'm with you. I think they've done a terrific job with it. I love that the automatic option is your credit for next season. Um, I've seen some clubs have gone with the automatic option just being leave your money in the club, You know, just effectively donate your, your membership fees for the year. I understand the financial reality is different for the Eagles as it is for a lot of the other clubs, but the default option being a rollover to me is just a really good look. Um, Communication, like you say, has been terrific. And the other thing which I think is really important, the club can't control, or they can try to, but they can try and influence it. I don't think they have much control over it, is the response to all of this. So I was worried throughout that you'd see a lot of or if you ask for a refund, you're not a real fan, or oh, I'm, I'm donating this much money to the club because I care more than you care, all this sort of business. I'm seeing it in some other sports. You see some of that on soccer. For, for a lot of the UK soccer clubs have just released their refund options. 
Um, but there hasn't really been, as far as I can tell, much pushback from the Eagles and indeed perhaps from all the clubs. I can't say I've been keeping an eye on them, but it is good to say that everyone acknowledges the financial realities for individual households might have changed significantly, even if they haven't. Even if you just think, I paid for a service and that service wasn't delivered, so I want my money back, that's fine too. You need your money a lot more than the Eagles need the money, but it is nice to see that they've come up with uh, several options to accommodate everybody. Yeah, it is, and um, I don't think I've se- I haven't seen any of that guilting amongst our fans either. Thankfully, um, or, or it's been cleaned up before I've seen it. But yeah, everyone's circumstances are different, and you've, if you've been if you've paid your membership in the first place, you've supported the club. If your circumstances have changed, and you can't give that money to the club because you need it, then you don't need to justify that to anyone. Take the money. Well, with that said, that will do it for us this week. KK, we're back. Hopefully, everything's real, you know, real footy is back and it kind of feels like it's back. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for chatting with us. No worries. I was worried we'd have to do um, review podcasts on werewolf games, but thankfully we've got some footy we can talk about instead. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you're listening to this and you're a member of Big Footy and you've yet to play one of the werewolf games on Big Footy, definitely jump on and get involved because they can be pretty chaotic and uh, pretty pretty interesting. Certainly a good way to distract yourselves from a couple of things going on. So definitely jump on the werewolf game. If you're not on Big Footy and you don't know what the hell we're talking about, still have a look, still have a look, but feel free to write us off as lunatics as well. Uh, with that, all of that said, look, as I said, that'll do it. There is uh, plenty of news to come in the next few days, I'm sure. We're getting much more from the club now. We're getting plenty from the AFL media, plenty of real content as well. Uh, Gil, Steve Hocking, all of these guys are coming front and centre now. So we should get plenty of news in the coming days, and we will be back next week to discuss them. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do so, WCEBFpod. You can jump on Big Footy, play a game of Werewolf, or just say good day to us on the boards. And uh, we'd really appreciate a rating, a review, anything like that. If you want to get in touch through Big Footy, through iTunes, through Twitter, anything at all, it's all appreciated. And uh, yeah, hopefully we will be back to regular business in the next couple of weeks and we can talk some more footy. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya.